0: Hey, Dan. How are you? Thanks for having me here, Craig. Uh, So, um, Dan, appreciate you. Uh, Obviously, you're net zero. You guys, as a business, have focused a lot on the messaging of eliminating carbon emissions as sort of a core part of the business. Um, uh, So, we appreciate you supporting efforts here. Um, You have been doing this. It's interesting because when we talked in the back about how long I think about sort of missed two years in COVID. Like, that world's sort of a blur to me. But you've been doing this for seven, seven years? Seven years now. So you, yeah. are, you are a veteran in the freight tech space. You were there when freight tech really sort of got some, a, a lot of ground. When you set out to build Convoy, what is the most frustrating thing that you have not yet accomplished that you thought you could accomplish? And I'll also start by saying... You know, with any business like
1: this, when you're transforming a massive industry, it's going to take years and years. So it's more about where do I want to make, where do I feel like we haven't made enough progress? And where should we, where do I want to go faster? And so when I started Convoy, you know, the origin stories, we just went out and started talking to everybody. We talked to shippers and carriers and brokers and truck drivers and asked kind of what sucked about the experience they had today. That was actually the question. Like, what do you not like? What do you want to see changed? And we learned so many things from, you know, I want more flexibility for my capacity and I want to have visibility into where it is and I want to have consistent fair pricing and some transparency and carriers want to make sure they get paid fairly, paid on time, that they have access to, you know, convenient loads that they can find and trust that they're going to be able to do this. So all these really basic problems. And so we actually looked at it and said, we think we can actually improve the whole industry. What we did is we took an offline long tail network of carriers and owner operators and brought them online. And that was incredibly difficult. That was what we took five, six years to really get to the point where every carrier in our network, almost 100,000 carriers is you know using the platform, finding all their freight on, online, and then using the, the app when they do the job. What has been much harder is taking that really unique, powerful digital network now of trucking capacity and collaborating across the shipper community and the buy side community in a way that, you know, gets that group to take more risks and kind of step out to solve the problems they want to solve. Because we all know what the challenges are, what the complaints are, the issues with kind of the way that procurement and RFPs can can fall apart and making sure we get capacity. And the solutions are in front of us. And there's a whole new model now that we could use based on this new type of digital trucking platform and all the solutions and new features we built on top of that. And we have some incredibly forward-thinking customers that we work with. But there are so many that aren't yet ready to try that new thing or embrace it as much as we think we can. So I think, you know, Shelly mentioned that earlier today. It's the collaboration between the shipping community and really thinking about How do we take advantage of all these new capabilities, rethink your routing guide, rethink your procurement processes to come up with a better solution? And we have those. But we're just, that's the thing that I want to move faster on. I feel like we
0: could go so much faster. So when you talk about sort of the frustrations of this sort of, you built this digital platform. I know in the early phases of Convoy, a lot of it was about getting drivers to embrace the technology, owner operators to embrace the technology. Yeah. Do, Do you feel like you've accomplished that? Yes, Actually, that was also
1: one of the biggest risks when I was totally green, you know, starry-eyed coming into this industry, going to truck stops, going to wherever I could to meet, to meet different drivers, just interview them. That was an existential threat to this ever happening was, could we get, you know, long tail, small trucking companies and operators to fully adopt a digital platform and use it consistently? And we've gotten to the point now where almost 100% of every load in our network is picked up by a carrier via the technology. And... Not that, but near that in terms of using the app for every single step of the job, which is kind of a, a remarkable digital network we have now. So that, I feel really good about that, actually. It kind of blows me away that it got to that
0: level. I did not know that was a huge risk, I would say. So you've got the supply side. You feel like con- largely accomplished at least the broader goals of getting them online, getting them to accept the freight and, and work for the deal flow uh, and their workflow in the actual mobile app and thrive using it.
1: So many of the smaller carriers, owner operators that we have, the biggest ones we have are because they added, you know, over the last seven years, they grew their businesses. They doubled the number of trucks they had in the last seven years. And so I do feel really good about that. I feel like we've given people a lot of opportunities and we have, you know, very loyal,
0: engaged partners on that side. But the other side, because this is a, some would argue a three-sided market. Yeah. Absolutely. Where you've got the supply side, and then you have the demand side, the shippers. Have you been able to accomplish what you set out to do there? We have, so
1: it's kind of a tale of maybe two cities or two stories, right? We have incredibly like deep partnerships with some of the biggest shippers in the country. And when, you know, when they lean into what we're doing, we can do really novel, incredible things, whether it's, rethinking the way the routing guide's organized to ensure they always have capacity, whether it's flexible drop-and-hook programs, um, you know, tons of insights and data based on what we collect in the field with all this. And we go deep, and we come up with these really interesting solutions. We just had one of the largest retailers in the country single source a bunch of business um, to us. And, you know, I wouldn't have never imagined that five years ago. But I think the challenge is, There are so many options out there from a capacity perspective. It can be uncomfortable to try a new thing where you feel like you've taken some risks to try it. And so crossing that chasm of getting a customer that's kind of never tried this or isn't quite sure why they would need it or how they would want to use it to get engaged and really get to the table and have that partnership level strategic discussion, um, that takes time. And I'm I'm not going to say we've certainly had success there. But to the question of like, where do I feel like we haven't gone fast enough? I mean, I just see the potential. When you're building it, you see the potential. It's, you know, it's your baby. You're like, I, this is amazing. <laughs> sort of hit
0: your head. It's exciting when, when someone adopts it, sort of the s curve of adoption, right? Yeah, you it's see early it. Early days go. are really exciting. Then you sort of, the business sort of feels like it's just sort of going along and you can't get to that next. That Again, next COVID was,
1: top, was up and down. Yeah. You know, but now we have, you know, we have, national shippers that have, you know, that have named us their top carriers or that have actually said, was interesting, my favorite comments is one of them said, look, we used to put you in kind of the niche broker category and then you started doing this other stuff, you know, your flexible trailer pools, the innovation around the routing guide and the primary parts of the routing guide. So then you became kind of, we put you in the same category as brokers and carriers. And now you're in your own category. Like, you can do anything in our network and we just want to build new... new, We're doing dedicated with you. You know, we want to build new things with you. So that's what I want to get to. But that takes a lot of work and it's difficult in a brand new... You know, it's difficult to make that bet, I guess what I'm saying. So just, I think that I want to... That's my mission right now. Like I want to find the data, the evidence, the storylines that help people see how using these services and embracing some of these new features we built and these new products are actually going to solve the things we're all stressing about right now and that we were stressing about over the last year with regards to volatility in the market and access to capacity and fairness in pricing when rates change and just, you know, the insights and data people want, like it's there. So in your view,
0: we all know it's volatile. We know trucking's volatile. It's incredibly volatile. You should tweet about that sometime, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Who do you think is sort of driving that level of volatility? Who do you think can actually solve it? Is it the shipper side of the equation? Or is it, is it the owner-operator driver side of the equation? I think to some extent, we have to accept the volatility. So I think to some
1: extent, you know, if shippers could control that and, in, and kind of manage their inventory in, the, in a really smooth way all the time and manage their forecasting accurately all the time, they would. And it would be, you know, you'd have that level of consistency. You saw Shelley's chart today of how tender compliance rates have been coming down over the years. And that's, it's harder and harder to forecast. And people are hedging their bets by trying to, you know, increase their allocations, but then actually tender out less. And I think, and I think on the other side of the market, it's like almost trying to forecast the stock market. It's really hard to predict what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm leaning less to trying to control the volatility necessarily and finding ways to hedge against the volatility or build like a business model and a capacity model that is designed to adapt to different market conditions.
0: And that's what it optimizes for. So how, what, explain what you mean by that. How does that, how would that work? And you said design the yeah. business. How would that work? Okay, I'll give you
1: an example. Convoy runs a universal trailer pool. So we have thousands of trailers that we lease, that we, we manage. And we have a huge network of you know, owner-operators and, and carriers that'll come with power and move those trailers around. What we started to do is say, you know, we're going to let our shippers access that capacity in a very flexible way. So we will optimize our trailer networks so that we can be flexible and responsive to, carry, to our shippers if they actually want to surge up or come down, um, or if they even want to do like transactional spot market freight using preloaded trailers. So how do we build flexibility into our trailer pool? And the way we do that is we think a lot about how do we combine live and drop? How do we have rent-back programs for our carriers that incent them to reposition the trailers in an efficient way for us? How do we build machine learning models to forecast where we think the trailers need to be? Tons of investment in a flexible trailer model. That's a bet on flexibility and a bet on being able to handle the volatility and allow our shippers to be more flexible or Guaranteed is another you know, product we released, but it basically says, I would love to have an indefinite relationship with you, Shipper, on this lane. I will show you all of my economics. I will give you all of the data. I will show you my margin, everything about this. Um, and I will work with you month in and month out to deeply understand the route, the facility, build my network around that, that, that lane and that work. And I'll let you flex your volume up and down, but I need to flex the rate. And that's a different kind of RFP. It's a guaranteed, we call it guaranteed primary, but it leads to the benefits of less overhead, less you know, challenge of running this RFP all the time, less breakage of the RFP six months in. And it lets us really focus long-term. And, it, and so that, those are examples of how you do that. You just build new pricing models or you know, trailer pool models in this case, designed for volatility
0: that assume the world is volatile. So you're gonna accept as a sort of a business construct and a market construct you accept the volatility exists but you're saying to shippers as a as an entrepreneur as a tech founder you want to build a solution that essentially enables the shipper to enjoy the capacity when it's available but not enjoy partners. a consistent fixed price because you're having to respond to those conditions of the market and i i think we would love to
1: have you know that consistent fixed price if it were if it existed and you know there are some ways to do that with assets and things like that to get closer and closer to that. But effectively, what you find, what I've found in a lot of conversations with our customers is they would like a world that acted as if they bought all the trucks themselves, hired all the drivers, hedged fuel, and took all the risk to do that, but that they could also have a very flexible, reactive system that it, based on the reality. So this, you know, the, the experience they want is this... Is as though they effectively run it all themselves. And what I'm, you know, I think what we've seen and I've learned in the last seven years that in many cases, that doesn't how the world actually operates. So if you add a little bit of flexibility in there, you can have the long term partnership and there's cost savings. It actually ends up being less over time if you allow for that volatility because you don't break everything. Because the RFPs process every. The RFPs, the RFP breaking later, a lot of freight going to spot, redesigning stressing the Stressing the network, having to go back to your, it just, all the churn that comes with that. Um, And it's not for every lane and probably not for every customer. But there's a lot of pockets where that can work. So that's an example. You know, I'm not, it's not a specific product need to pitch, but, and I'm open to whatever else. We're going to keep trying to invent things. I I remember thinking when I first started Convoy, I bet we can forecast the market. And then I stopped thinking that at one point and said, instead of trying to do that, I want to focus on building our entire business to be reactive and flexible to what's happening in the market in that short term, whether it's weeks or months window, and support our customers through that because neither side can fully predict
0: that. Yeah. And we, you know, it's interesting sort of looking back two years ago, three, four years ago, 2018, record freight market. 2019, not a great market. 2020 to 22, great market. Obviously I don't, starting to come back down. Yeah, it started to look down. So it's incredibly volatile. I think to your point, you as a tech provider, that that you, that can very well be your mission to help solve for that volatility but still provide solutions. Is that the best way to think of it? Yeah,
1: I think it's, it's um, I think we just need to provide solutions that embrace that volatility is a constant in this industry. And we can invent things and create things on top of a digital platform with hundreds of thousands of small, you know, uh, of, of owner-operators and small trucking companies is very resilient and very adaptive. And it allows us to have great data and great, the ability to flex. And if you design your whole business to say, look, let's embrace that volatility, then we're going to be great at that. We can also do, you know, if the market's stable, that's actually easy. Like, we can do that great. The hard part is when it's not. And,
0: you know, I think that's where I want to do a terrific job. Just real quick, because you've been doing this for seven years. Have you ever known the market to be stable? And I mean that sincerely. Have Have you ever remember a time where it was truly stable? I don't remember a time where for more than
1: a year, it was kind of in one spot. Yeah, I don't remember that actually. And there's always seasonality and there's always short-term events that happen. Um, I do remember believing that there would be ways to... I do remember believing that it might be stable or believing that um, we would be able to kind of predict the future of the market in a way that would let us price and plan and design our assets around
0: that um, and then later realizing that that just doesn't happen. It's so hard with black, all these black swans or all yeah. these like market impacts just change yeah. everything. Historical not, data breaks all the time because it's constantly right. being challenged by all these inputs.
1: Yeah. And I've, I've, i talked to, I went and had the opportunity to talk to a bunch of CFOs about this at different points with some of our shippers and some other companies that aren't our shippers right now. And I was like, I was like, why do you, why does, do you feel like it has to be this one? I think there's also this situation where a lot of folks in, at shippers, have an obligation to come up with a really tight budget and, and fixed budget. It's just the way that procurement works and the way that their CFO is expecting things to come out. And I think part of this is education too around, you know, that this industry might be a bit different. Um, and even if you own, you know, we do dedicated freight and we've been told by our customers that we are more reliable in many cases than, than some of the asset players. And it's not that they don't, aren't also providing great service. It's that a you know, network of thousands of trucks is very resilient. If someone can't show up, another one can show up. And so it's very resilient. And like that level of service is, again, something you couldn't have created with all that tech around it without all the carriers being online. And so, you know, I just think these are all examples of the status quo maybe having changed. And that, you know,
0: we can embrace that that volatility. Well, Dan, appreciate it. I was looking at your socks. I've got... You got some trucks on there. I got trucks in my so, socks. My kids got me. These I've got things. airplanes. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Dan, Thanks bye. a lot, Craig. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.